for the day. We have been talking all morning about humility and submission. And we've been talking about being engrafted in. We've been talking about living a godly life and walking with God and what it was what what is needed to do so. And what he had given us today is called the right way. He said there's a right way to follow God. And we have to kind of grab on to this concept that there is no other option to worship God. There is no other method to do it. He said, I have told you what I would have you to do and how I would have you to do it. And so therefore, what we need to understand is what that way is. He said it's called the right way. So if we would go to 2 Timothy this morning to begin our study. 2 Timothy chapter 2. In verse 4 we began. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. And he said, No man that war entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for the masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive how? Lawfully. Lawfully. So it doesn't matter that what you want to happen, you want this to happen, you want to be uh, what's called uh, 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 a righteous person. You, 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 it doesn't matter that you want to be part of, of a movement or, 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 a, or a, 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 a understanding of God. He said if you don't strive lawfully, you will not obtain it. So there has to be a lawful way to follow God. Amen? Yeah. And, and the first thing that we have to understand is what he said earlier in, the, in verse 4. He said that no man that warreth, we do know we're in a war, right? Yeah. Entangleth himself, how? In with the affairs of this life. In other words, what the war is has nothing to do with the affairs of this life. So why are we so burdened by what this affairs of this life is. Amen. He said you cannot war effectively with one hand in the world and one hand in the war. Amen? Amen? He said we have to learn how to do this. He said the reason we can't, he said because we want to please the one who told us to be a soldier. And he said you got to be all in. That's the key. You got to be all in. If you're not all in, you can't strive more. Amen? Amen. So let's go to Book of Acts. And let's start looking at this lawful uh, 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 way of, of uh, striving. And Acts, by God's grace, Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. There was an incident. The brothers were going around healing people. Mm -hmm. They were going around helping people. They were going around delivering them from demons. They were going around passing the Holy Spirit on to those who had been baptized and hadn't heard of the Holy Spirit. They were doing the work of God. And it was a joyous time. And people were standing around, those who believed and those who didn't believe. They were all around saying, wow, this is some kind of power. And you know how much we like power, though. We love to be in control. We love to be able to sway the crowd. We love to be able to have people admire us. And so they had gotten to the point where they had just uh, had talked to some brothers and said, hey, man, uh, you guys got baptized, but have you been baptized by the Holy Spirit? And they said, man, we not even heard of the Holy Spirit. We don't even know what you're talking about. So they baptized them in the Holy Spirit. And things, get, you know, people were giving their hearts. It was great. And then in verse 16 of Acts chapter 8, there was a guy named Simon. 
Now, Simon had, had seen what had happened, and Simon wanted to be part of it. Okay? And this is, but this is what we talked about this morning, how a, 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 a selfish mindset or a limited mindset can only see certain parts of what God is doing. And in and, and verse 18 of Acts chapter 8, it says, When Simon saw that through laying on of the, of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Now, he wanted to be part of this Holy Ghost environment. He wanted this, this phenomenon that came. He wanted to be a part of it. So but he said his mind only told him that, hey, my, I, what I do and how I operate, I can pay for it. And that's what he thought. Now, was that striving lawfully? No. No, but he didn't know that. Why? Because he didn't understand what the Holy Spirit was all about. His mind was caught in that, in the Word. Now, he said, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands on, he may receive the Holy Ghost. And this is, we, we see this as a terrible position. So how does this guy say that? But we do this all the time. Yeah. Say, I want part of this Holy Ghost. I want part of this understanding, but I want to do it my way. I want to, I want to receive it based upon something I did. Or I want to be known for it, but I don't really want to go through what it takes to do that. And verse 20 said, But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Now, a gift, how many, how many gifts have you bought for your, I mean, it's, it's a gift, it's not purchased, is it? Amen. See, they, they don't say you go to your birthday party, happy birthday, here's a gift. It's $5.95. You don't have to pay for the gift, do you? No. And so God said, my gift of the Holy Spirit is not for sale. Especially something so holy cannot be purchased by something so dirty. Mm -hmm. We need to realize that. The right way means our dirty ways can't purchase the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our dirty methods cannot receive the Holy Word of God. And so we can't just listen, or we can't just want it. We have to do the things that it takes in order to receive. And in verse, finishing verse 20, let I me mean verse 21. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Amen. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in a gall of what? Bitterness. Bitterness. And in the bond of iniquity. This scripture was given to us by him because it tells us when we go at God not lawfully or not the right way, this is us. We are Simon. We cannot receive from God what he wants to give us because we're not striving lawfully. We're trying to, to compromise God's word and God's way to better benefit us so we don't have to make the changes that are necessary. Amen. He said there's a right way and then there's Simon's way. That is Simon's way work. What Simon says, you remember that? Amen. Amen. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> what we have to realize is God says, I got a way. God has his way for us and we can't take shortcuts. There's no shortcut to salvation. There was not a shortcut when Christ, Christ was here and he had to die. There is no shortcut cut for us. We have to go about it the way he told us to go about it. And remember we said this morning, by God's grace, 
is that God is not making adjustments because we have an attitude problem. God is not making adjustments because we get uncomfortable. God is not making adjustments because, well, Lord, this would be easier for me if we did it this way. God says, I know what's best for you. And what's awful about it is we spend years because we don't want to submit to God and God's way. We spend years trying to say, why can't I have this? Why can't God bless me? Why can't this happen in my life? It's because you want to go Simon's way and not God's way. Amen? Amen. Let's, take, let's go to 1 Corinthians 9. And he said, I need you to understand something. I need you to, the right way is the all-in way. You have to be all-in on this. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he gives another great example of what he's talking about, about the right way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and let's look at verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. He said, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. Okay? So everybody's in this race. But one receiveth the prophets. Now, so run that ye may obtain. He said, see, God has a prize for us. And, and he said, run the race so you may win. Not run the race just to say you ran the race. See, some people get into 5Ks and 10Ks. They, not, they don't care about winning, Sister Doug. They just say, I ran it. I got my T-shirt. I ran the 5K. That's, they didn't train to win. They didn't run to win. They ran to say, I ran the race. That's not good enough, is it? He said, I want you to run that ye may obtain, that you may win this, because the promise and the victory is sure if you run it the right way. Verse 25 says, and every man that striveth for the mastery is what? Temperate. Temperate. So temperance is part of this. We must learn temperance in everything that we do if we're going to strive for the mastery, if we're going to be and win and be victorious in this race. Temperance is huge. So one thing about this, weight is discipline. What is it, what's the word disciple mean? You're under the discipline of something. And we are disciples of Christ, so we're going to be under the discipline of who? Christ. Jesus. And so he said, you must, you must be tempered in all things. Now, let's keep going. Now, they do it, they're talking about those who run the regular race. Now, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. See, you, the limits are coming up. These people have been training for years. Yeah. Man, man, we didn't win. We had, to, we, had to, we had to take four more years and train for this. And they train. And you know what? They bring their, we'll, we'll get to that. They discipline themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's in, the, in their physical being, hey, I get my rest. I eat the right things. I eat at the right time. I work out. I do this. And it's a regimented routine. And they, God called it, they're running for a corruptible crown. Anybody who's ever played sports, understand that. You practice, don't you? Amen. And you sweat, don't you? Amen. And you are, the better, you, you athletes are, uh, at high school and college, we're in better shape than the normal people. Amen. Because we're striving for the mastery of something. Mm -hmm. You know, people, you know, they, they say, oh, this guy shoots 10,000 shots a day. That's a discipline. Yeah. Because he wants to do what? Achieve 
be a master at this. Why don't we shoot 10,000 times with Jesus Amen. at that? Amen. When we strive for the mastery, we will do things like that. We will put everything else down and strive for the mastery. That's the right way of doing that. Yeah. And he said, because they obtain a corruptible crown, but we what? An incorruptible, which is the prize that Jesus wants to give us. He said, but I therefore so run. Not as uncertainly. See, when you run this race in this disciplined fashion, you know you're going to be the winner. So you're not running uncertainly. You're not what? Fight. I, I fight I, not as one that be in the air. There is no doubt about victory when you run the right way, when you strive the right way, when you temper yourself in the right way. Verse 27 said, but I keep my body. I'm, I'm sorry. I keep under my body and bring it into what? Subjection. So all of your senses are what? Brought under subjection. That's the discipline of Christ. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you don't watch this. Therefore, you don't touch this. Therefore, you don't show up here. Therefore, you don't taste this. It, all those things that it takes to be a true man and woman of God. Isn't that the point? We're supposed to be, what are we running a race for? And what is incorruptible about God's crown? God. It's his crown. Therefore, it is what? It's pure. It's incorruptible. How can we as corrupt beings wear the incorruptible crown when we won't fall into the discipline of Christ? It is impossible, isn't it? You can't put, what, perfume on a spig? You can't, you can paint an outhouse, but guess what it is? It's still an outhouse. Okay? And so God says, look, I don't want you to be an outhouse anymore. I'm trying to, to make you what you need to be, but there is a right way to go about it. Many you cannot, you cannot compromise this. You cannot. You don't, we don't know enough to know where the compromise could be, even if we could compromise. God says, look, least that by any means what I have preached to others, I myself should be a caster. Now, you all who have loud mouths, Everybody you all who want to teach, you all who, who say, I, I, I know something, I want to preach, I want to share something with you. He said, man, would you please walk the way I ask you to walk? So, Because if you don't, what's going to happen is that, that pseudo-religion is going to wear out. Because you know, when you were strong in your pseudo-religion, you used to tell people, you need to do this, and you need to do this, and you need to do this. But then, because your conviction was not spiritual, it wears off, and therefore you will fail. And guess what? The same people you were speaking with and trying to help will see you fall and say, man, everything they said wasn't worth anything. He said, at least you'd be what? You'd be a castaway when you preach to others. God says, don't do it another way. God knows that if we don't do it in a spiritual manner, we're going to fall. He said, this is God's message. God said, my way is the right. Amen? Amen. We all right? Amen. Let's go to Joshua. Joshua 14. This method that God has. We learned that we had to be tempered in all things, that we had to put the world aside, and that we had to strive for the mastery. Because it is just that. It's a war. You are warring against your flesh to achieve spiritual attainments. Amen. We know we're in a war, don't we? 
but we know the victory is sure. We're not in a fight that we don't know the outcome. We know the outcome if we walk in the right way. Joshua, let's go to chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14. Caleb was having a conversation with Joshua. This is long after Moses passed away and they made it to the promised land. And, and Caleb was, was saying that, hey, Josh, you remember, you know, they were going over the history. They were having, you know, they boys. And, 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 and uh, so they got to a point where the land was going to be divided. And we're in verse 13. And it says, And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh, Hebron, for an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day. Why? Because, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. So now we're looking a little bit more about the right way. He said, what was the word they used? Holy. Holy. Now how do they spell w. that word? With a W. With a w. So it's holy. We got H-O-L-Y. And we got a holy as it means complete. The whole thing. Caleb did what? Holy followed the Lord God of Israel. Now we know the story of Caleb. You know, when the 12 spies went out and the 10 came back and said, no, no. And the 2 came back and said, yeah, yeah. And Caleb was the loudest, yeah, yeah. He said, I believe in God so much that it doesn't matter what the obstacles are. He's God. His heart was so set on God being right. He said, I know I don't strive for this mastery not knowing what the victory is. I know God's victorious. And he's told me we would be victorious, so I'm going with it. I'm going to follow it. <laughs> then he got Hebron. Now, who was in Hebron? Anybody remember? What alien nation was in Hebron? The Amalekites. And the giants were in that land. And so Caleb got to defeat the giants because he wholly did what? He didn't partially follow God. He wholly followed God. And when you wholly do something, that encompasses every aspect of your existence. Amen? Amen. What color car you have? What? God don't want me to have a pink car with five stripes on it? <laughs> what clothes you more importantly, how do you treat others? How do you go about doing your business? Do you, do you love others more than you love yourself? Do, do you care for the things of others more than you care about the things of yourself? These are the holy ways of following God. There's no aspect of your life that God is not involved in if you allow him to be involved. How about when you're trying to get a husband or you're trying to get a wife? Don't you think God needs to be involved in that? Because how many people have seen when God is not involved? People are suffering right now because of it. Because they did not wholly follow God. And we often do that. We all have our little uh, 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 segments of what we call segments of expertise that we think we know already. So we don't inquire of God. We simply go for it because we think we know that. Oh, I don't need to talk to God about that. I already know how to do that. How many of us have those things? And what happens to us when we do that? It fails miserably. And so, holy following God is so important, it's called the right way. Not the Simon way, but the right way. Amen? Amen. Now, let's go to 2 Kings. 
God helped this, a young king. And he helped this young king because he wholly followed God. He listened to God. He listened to the structure and he, he respected the order of God. And let's read about this in 2 Kings chapter 18. See, when we find in the scriptures where people wholly did right, and they were rewarded by God, and they received the victory that God promised from the race, we should say, man, I want to be like that. I want to wholly follow him. I don't want to half follow him. I don't want to selfishly follow him. I don't want to self-servingly follow him. Because that's what most people do. I will follow God as long as it benefits who? Man. That's what the whole message has been. That's what the whole prosperity message is in. That's why the people are in such horrible spiritual condition is because you taught them to worship what God can give you. As opposed to take, teaching them to worship God because of who he is. God, I will do it because my preacher told me if I, if I, if I put that seed in, I'll get back tenfold. That is probably the most selfish way to worship anything. That's like you, you buying a, a lottery ticket. When I put this $2 in, I'm going to get what? What is it today? A lot. A lot. See, that's safe. Y'all learn it. Because <laughs> if y'all want to come up with the exact figure, I don't. <laughs> but, but God says, I'm not a lottery ticket. I'm not a vending machine. I'm not any of these things. You don't worship me because of what I can do for you. You worship me because of who I am and what I've already done and what, I, and what I am to you. And so we don't get to do that. And that's when you find yourself doing that, Lord, I'm going to do this because you told me it'll work. Now, come on. You say, Lord, I'm going to do it because you're worthy to be praised. And all of my actions should praise your name. Can we shift our, our development, our, our, our lifestyle to that? When you shift it to that, oh, all kind of things, wonderful things start happening. Lord, I'm praising you by obedience. I'm praising you because I'm disciplined un under your hand. He says you deserve to be recognized on this earth, and I'm going to be the one to make people recognize who you are. Isn't that a different kind of way of worship? This is the kind of worship we need to have. We're in 2 Kings chapter 18. Anybody ever heard of a king named Hosea? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hosea, I'm sorry. <laughs> Him too. He was the son of Eli, king of Israel. And Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. This is verse 1, I'm sorry. 2 Kings chapter 18. 2 Kings chapter 18. We just read verse 1. We're going to go to verse 2. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. So he wasn't an old man when he began, was he? Sometimes that can be an advantage. Go ahead and learn God early, so you don't have to unlearn so much when you get old. And in his mother's name also was Abby, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was what? Right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father did. Now, in that statement is a lot. Not only did he did right, he respected who? His elders. He respected his, his David, his father. He understood that was the order of God. He had get, and also that he had an example of what to do on earth 
David was his example. Amen? Amen? What about us? When we find we have examples, should we not follow what they say, thus saith the Lord? It's not that out of here. He said, he said, but he followed David. Because David gave him a wonderful example. Do we have any Davids in the house? Amen. That could that could set a good example Amen. for this 25-year-old who was looking to do right by God. See, that's what's happening now. We don't have enough Davids. We got a we got a lot of Ahabs. Mm. A lot of Ahabs who set the wrong example. A lot of Ahabs who run out on their children. A lot of Ahabs who, who don't have their house in order. We got Ahabs who are weak and soft. We got this kind of example, and, and if that was the case here for this brother, he would have been in trouble. But he had a day. God blessed him with a day. Amen. God blesses us with a day. Amen. When we were growing up, we had a day. Amen. We had a few days. Amen. And we thank God for those days. And so we had to learn how to learn how to be this young king first before we learn how to be David. David wasn't David at first, was he? No. David had to learn how to be David, and David had somebody he could look to. So older people, we got to learn how to be David. So our younger people will learn how to be this young brother. Amen. To do right by God. And he said, uh, verse 3, he said he, had, he said he did right, in which uh, in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David got, his father did, he removed the high place. So when the right way of God is not just accepting what God said. Not just saying, yes, Lord, yeah, you're right. What you're saying is right. There's some movement that has to take place. And the first thing it listed here, he did what? He removed the high places. The high places were places of worship, of strange gods. This is what we must do. Where are the high places as it relates to us in our hearts? We got some devil-worshiping habits in our way. Amen? I'm sorry that might sound a little cruel, but I didn't want to soften it because we needed to see it like it was. Anything that we worship outside of God is worshiping the enemy. And there were some high places that need to be broken down. And he said he broke, he broke down the images. Because when they worshiped, you got to understand, when they worshiped back in the day, there were images of other gods, strange gods, goddesses, gods. You know, the things that, that we tend to have uh, uh, in, in, our, in our view, and our sights. And we worship some of these gods as well today because we will, we will get a photograph of somebody and say, ooh, I want to look like that. You ever heard of that? Mm -hmm. oh, 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 that's the style. That's what we want to be. We worship these images, these goddesses, and these gods. And, but he, what he did is he took down those images and those high places, and he cut down the groves. Now, the groves are places where they worship, but the groves was also another name for Astrop. It was, it was where she, she would have her, her, her images up, and, and the process of the worship services were in the groves. Now, it's funny, in this city, you can drive down the street today, and there's a church on Walnut Grove, and it says, come worship in the grove. Now I say, wow. Either they really understand, or they don't understand. <laughs> and so, we, 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 but what he did is he moved to remove. He moved to remove the things that were wicked in the land. That's what we have to do. The right way is to remove what needs to be removed from us. Amen? Because as long as these images and these godless things are in us, we can't 
rightly divide the word of truth. So when we hear the word of truth, we misinterpret it and act upon a misinterpretation and then turn around and blame God and say, well, God, your way didn't work. So let's keep reading. He said he cut down the groves and break in pieces the base, the brazen, the brazen serpent that Moses had made. Now, why did Moses make this, this brazen serpent? Because God told him to, so people could look up and have an action of faith so he could take these snakes that were killing them away from them. What did the people do? They made a god out of the snake man. Yes. Yep. Why? Because that's what we do. We think the power was in the what? In the, in, the, in the image, in the thing he put up. That's why everybody got these crosses around their neck. They got a Babylonian Assyrian symbol around their neck and swears Jesus. Think about it. We worship the cross. The literal figure of cross. Which the Romans used to crucify not only Jesus, he crucified everybody. It's, yeah. Uh -huh. That was their it process. Was, it, it was taboos at his power. Uh -huh. They said, look, we hung your God on our God. And what do we do? We ride around with their God on us. Yeah. But see, that's because we have not removed the images and this grove-like worship service out of our life yet, so we believe it's true. Oh, just imagine when God takes it all away from you and you get to see things like God sees. You will abhor yourself, like Isaiah did. When he got to look into the most holy place in the sixth chapter of Isaiah, he got to look there and he found, he said, man, I'm off. I'm not what I thought I was. And what did God do? He had mercy on And Isaiah's whole life was changed. And this is the right way. This is what we have to do. He said, he took down the brazen serpent that Moses had made, for unto those days uh, those children of Israel did burn incense into it. And he called it what? Neshetan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. So the right way is to trust him. He said he trusted him so much, there was no other king like the way he was as it related to trusting God. So the right way is to do what? Trust. You got to trust. You can't obey anything you don't trust. Unless you're in prison, you obey the warden, don't you? When the nightstick come out of the police belt, you obey him, don't you? But it's not the same thing. You're still obeying in a trust mode. Because when 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 he takes that billy club out, you trust he's gonna hit you in the head if you don't do what he tells you to do. If you didn't think he was gonna hit you, would you? <laughs> Same way with our God. But God doesn't have a building. God has a stretched out arm to say, "Here, let me help you." But we gotta trust that stretched out arm. We gotta stretch, trust that hand, that hand that says, "Do it this way, the right way." Amen. Just follow. So, verse six said, "For he did what." He clave to the Lord. Anybody ever clave to the Lord? You know what the word clave means? I mean, you you own it. You grab it with everything you have. You're not moving. You're not letting it go from it. You're not going to say, you know, Jacob clave to the Lord that night. He said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Anybody ever done that? 
That's Clavy. That's Clavy. We need to clave to the Lord. This brother clave to the Lord is the right way. He said, I hate, I hunt. See, when you got both arms full of Jesus, you ain't got time to grab nothing else. There's nothing else to grab. You, you don't have two arms. The two arms are wrapped around it. What you gonna do? With your foot? No, you're gonna hold on to it. And this brother clave to the Lord. And by cleaving to the Lord, guess what happens automatically? And departed not from him following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. When you hold on to the commandment giver, you can't help but do what? Keep the commandment. Isn't this wonderful? This is the right way. So you don't have to worry about how do I serve the Lord? What's the way to do it? I don't know. Here it is. It's just simple. We just have to believe. And we have evidence, but that's why God gave us these, these, these few examples what, of, of people who actually did this in human form so we can say, yes, Lord, that does work. And the Lord was with him. And he did what? He brought Isn't that what y'all, we out here hunting? We were so and, and trying to do? Amen. Are we trying to prosper? Amen. He said, not only did he prosper, he's prospered whithersoever he went. Anything he put his hand to was what? Prosperous. How many people can have that testimony? We might have had a glimpse from heaven from time to time. But when you cleave to God, everything you put your hand to is prosperous because whose hand is being put? God's, God's hand. And I'm so, he can't help but prosper. He is prospering. So everything he does, he is. Yeah, that makes sense. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it is, it is. Everything is good too, right? Yes. And so when we follow him the right way, holy, disciplined, have our temperance in life, have our minds set on nothing but Jesus, then everything we do will prosper whatsoever he went forth, and he rebelled against the king of uh, 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 Assyria and serve him not. See, so there, here, you see, when you cleave, there's a separation. You have to separate from the king. You gotta separate from the unholy. And it will hold, guess what? It will, it'll separate from you. If you hold on to righteousness, darkness will separate from you. It's just we don't wanna let go of some of the darkness we enjoy. We enjoy some darkness. So, oh, well, Lord, you know, you understand. God said, darkness is darkness. I am light. If you like the darkness, you got a problem with me. Amen? Darkness. We got things we love that are classified by God as darkness. We have to what? Get past these things. We have to travel to the light. If we don't, we don't cleave to the light, we're going to be dark. You know what? If you turn off all the lights and the sun wasn't out, what would it be in this room? God. God. Period. Okay? But when you hit the light switch, what is it? Dark is gone. It's that, it's that instantaneous. But guess what? That light switch works both ways. Darkness, you can go into darkness. As soon as you decide, I don't want to follow him wholly. I like this kind of little something over here. I want to do this kind of stuff over here. But I want to I want to be with God. Now, I want to be claimed as God. But you know, I ain't giving that up. You got a strobe light. You got a strobe light, God. You got an epileptic issue. Demon switch. Demon switch. Demon switch. Light dark, light dark. 
And that's a problem. But Caleb didn't do it that way. This king didn't do it that way. And God says, I need you to do it this way. The right way. Not Simon's way, but the right way. Amen? Amen. And he was blessed. He said to serve him, it has to be by the method he has prescribed for us. We can't make up a new method. I'm going to serve him. No, we know the scripture. He said those that worship him must worship him how? The spirit and truth. Can we change that? No. That's a principle. That's something. That's his principle. That's his wisdom. That's his policy. That's not policy. That's his way. But what happens if we say we don't want the spirit? We just want the truth. Nah. And we're going to worship him in truth and truth. Then what happens? Truth and my wisdom. God said, yeah, yeah. My personal wisdom with his truth. That's when you get the Bible, and you read the Bible under your own abilities and your own understanding, and you come up with your own way of doing that. And God didn't give you your own denomination. And God says, I never, ever, ever said do that. He said, search the scriptures. Amen? Amen. And he said, I'm going to leave you a comfort. I'm going to leave you somebody who can help you. It's called my spirit. So without his spirit, you can never understand his word. Amen. We talked about that this Amen. morning. He said that word, that the Bible looks like it's cold until you get the spirit. That Holy Spirit will decipher everything in there. We'll put that precept with that precept. We'll put that line upon that line. And you'll be here a little, there a little. And you're like, man, I, I, I don't know why I hadn't seen that before. <laughs> How many times have you done that even recently? I have been reading this scripture for 50 years. That's what it meant. <laughs> but there's other people who've been reading it 50 years and refuse to let the Holy Spirit interpret it for them. Amen. And they build a whole denomination concerning a scripture that they misinterpret. Amen. We got to get better than that. We got to say, Lord, I know I don't know anything. Give me your Holy Spirit so we may understand your holy word. Amen. And this is what these brothers said. Now, there's a method. Now, we had a brother, anybody ever heard of old Pete? Pete? Let's go to John 18. Old Pete. Peter was kind of rough, wasn't he? Yes. Peter was a guy who knew he knew. Sound like us, don't <laughs> Peter knew he knew. See, he knew God. He knew Christ. He was one of Christ's closest associates. Christ had to keep Peter close. Because Peter was the craziest of all. If Peter went, if God didn't keep Peter right here, he knew Peter would do something. It'd be a lot of dead people if Peter was allowed it to be Peter. Because Peter was into this. Man, he was, he thought he was wholly into what God was saying. And he was going to defend Jesus. As if Jesus needed to defend. But that's Peter. Okay? And so let's see what how Peter thought he was doing and following God. But Peter was going Simon's way. John 18. Let's begin in verse 4. John chapter 18 in verse 4. Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Who seek ye? Now, this is in the garden of Gethsemane. He had been with his father for three times, and the, and the, and the brothers had fallen asleep because they, they weren't wholly into it. And, and, and so uh, now the guards have come. Judas did his thing. Yeah, Judas did his thing. Hey, you know, you know, how, you know how brothers do. Judas came up just like these, these brothers we got now. They come up, hey, bro. That's what Judas did in the garden. Hey, master, how you doing? 
you know, because he had given a, a clue to the soldiers. The one I hug, the one I kiss, is the one. Be careful you let Greg, Greg. Hey, 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 master. Hey, master. That's why I don't, I don't have a lot, of, a lot of use for preachers. You know, most of them. <laughs> hey, bro, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I'm looking not at your physical, I'm looking at your spirit. There's a legion on your back. Mm. I don't want that legion on my back. So why don't we just shake hands? Now, let's look at this. He said, uh, said who do you see? In verse 5 and 18 of John said, They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto him, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayeth him, stood with him. Now, I love this particular account. Because it lets them know something. It also lets Satan know something. Jesus was letting Satan know something. You don't take my life. I lay it down. And watch what he did. Verse 6. As soon then as he said unto them, I am he, what happened? They went back. They went back and he said, Peter, you ain't got to defend me, man. My very voice that said, I am he, they can't handle got to remember that about the power of God. Jesus didn't take out two pistols, did he? He didn't see him coming and say, okay, we got to get fortified behind this rock and then we're going to start shooting them. He said, who are you looking for? Jesus Nazareth. He said, I mean, that truth was too much for the enemy to handle. The demons fell back. The ones possessed by demons fell back. The truth was just so strong they couldn't handle it. They fell to the ground. Then asking again, at them again, alright, whom seek ye? And they said, probably in a little calmer voice now, uh, Jesus of Nazareth? <laughs> uh, Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth the first time. And they got, they got dusted off. <laughs> and they said, oh, uh, Jesus said, excuse me, sir. Verse 8 said, Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. He said, if therefore you seek me, let these go their way. And that wasn't a suggestion. He wasn't asking them. He was telling them what was about to happen. Because I am he told them that he has more power than anybody in this place. He said, let them go. That was a command. They had no choice. Let them go. Now let's keep reading. Now remember, we're looking for the right way of worshiping, the right way that God has set in place. Now, let's look at verse 9. He said that the same may be fulfilled which he spake of, them which thou gavest me, have I lost none. He wasn't going to have the rest of those disciples get crucified because of him. He said, I got them. I got to go through this, but they don't have to go through this. And verse 10 said, but, this, but then Simon, Old Pete, Simon Pete, who loved the Lord with a selfish kind of love. Amen. They never loved somebody and didn't know it was a selfish love. Simon Pete, but all that he understood, loved Jesus. But it doesn't matter. All you understand don't make it right. You can be sincerely evil and sincerely wrong. And Simon Peter was sincerely wrong. He made a move he shouldn't have made. It's verse 10. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant 
and cut off his right hand. That was a Simon way, wasn't it? That wasn't God. God had already told him what was going to happen. There's no sense of fighting. What are we fighting about? I already showed you, Peter, that if I needed to, things could be different. He said, and cut this right ear off. The servant's name was who? Malchus. Now, then said Jesus unto Peter, Man, put up that sword unto thy sheep. He said, The cup which my father had given me, shall I not drink of it? He said, Because the way of God I have to follow, shall I not follow it now? He said, I told you I gotta go, man. I have to be crucified. I have to die so you can live. He said, should I get to this point and not go the right way? He said, and then of course, you know, in, in the other Gospels, in Matthew and Mark, he says, he also kept talking to him and said, Peter, don't you understand that I could call to my father and 12 legions of angels would come? So put your sword up. That's not my way. That's that way. We have to realize put the sword up. Our best efforts aren't God's way. God's Amen. way is God's way. Amen? Amen? He said, we might think we're doing right, but our wicked mind betrays us. It makes us look at things differently than they should be looked at. You know, when, when, when Peter, say Peter, that's why I really like Peter. Peter said, uh, he said, uh, uh, Master, when Jesus was telling them I'm going to die, because that was what? The way of God. That was the plan. That was the plan. That was the, plan. That was the way of God. He had to do it. He said, Pete, I'm going to die. They're going to come get me. I'm going to be, you know, they're going to dog me in the synagogues, and they're going to dog me in Rome, and they're going to kill me. But don't worry. Three days after I die, I'll be back. Peter said, what? Not no. Forbid. Don't let this happen, Lord. No way this is going to happen. I got you back at all times. He said, I got you. That's not going to happen, and we don't want it to happen. And Jesus saw as his father saw, and he wanted Peter to see what he didn't see. See, his best intentions, Lord, Peter said, I'll protect you. Peter said, look, man, no, as long as we here, we're going to get this. We're going to be kings and priests like you promised. We're going to be... Peter thought that was the truth. His mind betrayed him, and Jesus had to straighten him out. He said, he didn't say, Peter, get thee behind me, did he? He said, Satan, get behind me. So Peter saw it was Satan in him that thought it was a he, he was expressing something that we would all classify as love. Oh, he loved him. He was gonna die for his pastor. Isn't that love? That wasn't love. That was somebody going against the way of God. Because he couldn't understand the way of God. Because his mind was not where it should have been. Do you see how easy it can be? How subtle Satan can be? How we think we're doing the way, will of God and forgot the way of God? We sit here trying to be holy without sacrifice. We're trying to be blessed without giving up. We're trying to be raised up without submitting. That is not the way of God. Why would God raise up a sinner to be more sinful? Why would God bless us abundantly when our hearts aren't ready to receive a blessing? When we say our hearts need to be ready, what are we talking about? 
heart needs to be in total submission to the God who gave this to you. We'll be like little 19-year-old people who get a $20 million contract. Ooh. You know, the only time you say Jesus is when you get the check. And you just say it because it's an expression you learned from your grandma. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. And then you spend the rest of your time going away from God. Why would God do that to you? God said, I wish I could do this for you. But your heart's not right. What will happen is, you'll take this and kill yourself. You'll take this and do more damage to you and those around you. And I'm not about that. I'm trying to save you. Now, when you get to a point where I can trust you and you won't lose your mind, then yes, here. Because I know what you're going to do. It's like you said it with Abraham. Right after Abraham received the gift of the ram in the bush, he said, I know now, Abraham, I can give Abraham the world and it won't affect him. He's going to claim. He's gonna, he is not leaving me. Do we have that testimony? We might think we're doing the right thing, but our sinful minds betray us. Yes, yes. So what needs to be, remember what the king did, he took down the high places. The highest place we have against God is called self. We've got to take down the high places. So we can see the Lord pure. We can see the Lord clear. And we can walk in the way assured. That's the high place. Go to Hebrews if you would. We won't be long. It's a little after the time of prayer. Hebrews chapter 13. He said, I want you to do this today. I want you to start doing this with your life today. Some of us think that complaining and murmuring is a way of life. I said, I need you to stop that because that's not my way. I'm tired of you giving praise to the devil. When we murmur and complain, we are praising the enemy of souls. But I don't know. It's just hard out here. <laughs> Acting as if you're not a child of the living God. Let the world complain and murmur. You woke up this morning by the power of the Most High. Amen. What's coming out of your lips should be nothing but praise. Amen. He said in Hebrews chapter 13, starting in 15. He said, By him, therefore, this is God, him is God. By God, therefore, let us offer what's called the sacrifice of praise to God when? Continually. continually. What does continually mean? You mean you can't complain when things don't go right? No. Should you complain when things don't go right? No. You should offer praise to God continually. We, because our definition of right and wrong. <laughs> It went right. You prayed, and God is with you. It went right. It you didn't work. get the car. It oh, sir. It went right. You didn't get yourself into God. God, hey, man. I didn't want you to have that one. But, Lord, I prayed, and you promised, and I just, and it didn't happen. <laughs> Would you just be quiet and watch me be God? Yeah. Mm. You never know what God has to say. Yeah. God says, man, I. You wanted this 2001 Whatever. busted up 
He said, because you can set your mind, you had $500, and that's what you're going to get. And you said, but the man ran out on you and didn't sell it to you. And now you all murmuring and complaining. God, you promised I'd give you a cup. And God says, would you just turn around? Mm. <gasps> I got 2010. And it got air conditioning. <laughs> and it works. You see what God is? God said, if you stop murmuring and complaining and you trust me, hang with me and watch what I'll do. See, we don't even know this. God says, I didn't give you that car that day because you were going to drive down that street and this truck was going to hit you at this time. That's why you got to trust him. Let's keep reading. He said, praise God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. He didn't say giving thanks to the goods. He didn't say giving thanks for the house. He said give thanks to who? Yeah. His name. He said, but to do good. Ban. But to do good. And, and to communicate. Forget not. So not only do you do good by praising, you do good, you good deeds. By, and that's how praise you, how you praise God too. In your testimony. To your testimony. But you got a testimony right now when you complain, don't you? That's, true. That's not a good one, is it? It's a testimony, though. Oh, Lord. Uh, I, I just need the Lord to help me. It's just so bad. God said, I inhabit the praise of my people, not the murmuring of my people. Mm. He said, I have, been, I have instructed the, the spirit of praise to deliver you anytime you use it. Mm. Think of it that way. There's a, there's, a, there's a spirit called praise. And when you praise him, he gets invited into your existence. And guess what happens to your existence? It changes. Just praise. And say, Lord, I praise you. You're right. You're the one. Lord, thank you. And, and just, just start just letting it flow out of you. And see what will happen. Mountains will move. Buildings will shake. And you just say, Lord, praise you. Lord, we had to move out of the building. Praise your name. Amen. Lord, we, we put so much work and so much money in this. Praise your holy name. Saying, I'm not going to sit here and say, Lord, where are we going? We're in the wilderness. Mm. Oh, Lord, we're in the wilderness. Praise your name. Let, 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 let's, 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 let's see what the wilderness looks like. Let's see what lessons are going to be taught to us. Let's see what happens to us once we are tested. Lord, test us so we can move to the next level. Amen. That's called praise. Amen. Amen. He said, God says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for, for with such sacrifice, God is what? Well pleased. Well pleased. So we're finding out the way of God. He wants you to invite his spirit into your life to praise. Can we do that? Yes. Amen. Do we know how to praise? Yes. Amen. Now praise it ain't all run up down the aisles and your wig fall off and step on people's feet. <laughs> no. no. Praise it. He said, Lord, I'll praise you with every breath that I have. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. Every breath. Because I owe it to you. I'll praise you with everything that I do. Mm -hmm. Every position that I take, I praise you. Yes. And this is how you praise God. And you say, every word that I choose to use will praise you. 
Every position I take will pray. Yes. That's what praise is all about. Yes. And we understand that this afternoon. Hallelujah. That's how you praise. You won't receive with a doubting tongue. No. You won't. No. Whenever we speak doubt into the air, we won't receive. No, I'll take that back. We won't receive from him. We're going to receive what doubt brings to you. Amen? Amen. So we asked this last question, what is the way? Let's go to John 14, 6. What is the way? God said the right way. Not Simon's way, but the right way. You want to know how to live your life on this earth? John 14, 6 teaches us something. John 14, chapter 6, verse. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. True. No man cometh unto the Father but by, but by me. So there is one way. The right way. How you gonna get to the Father? But by Son. You can't there's no other way to do it. So we can't we have to stop making up ways to serve God and just follow the way to serve. We know we'll end with this scripture. Everybody in here knows this scripture. Psalm 77, 13. Thy way, O God, is where? In the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? When you study the sanctuary, you'll find the way. The right way. When you come into the sanctuary, isn't that the right way? How do you come in? Is there, there's only one way in. it. That straight gate, there's only one way in. And what, in, 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 order, in order to get admittance to the sanctuary, what do you have to have? You got to have that lamb. Have that, lamb. that lamb said, I am indeed of a savior. You don't even get in the sanctuary when you don't admit that you need a savior. Mm. Mm. And if his way is in the sanctuary and you never get in, you know you don't know the way. Now, can you come in off the north wall? No. Maybe you go behind and jump over the back try to get in. That won't be good for you. No, that, that, that'd be real bad for you. <laughs> you think snipers are bad. That'd be terrible. So when we, we look at the way, God says, humble yourself, the first thing. You have to admit that you need help. Then you come in and you got to follow the process I have set up for your deliverance. Respect the process. That's why he said, those who don't believe in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, don't make it to the Father. Mm. Now, you might want to go to another Father. You might have another religion. It says, I, I serve Buddha, 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 whoever it is. But going to this father, you got to come by this son. And you got to come this way. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know that ain't 15 ways to Jesus? There's only one way. Simplicity in Christ. Ain't it wonderful? He could have gave you a 40-page test. If you pass this test, you get in. God said, there's only one way. Humble yourself. Get this language. Believe in the language. Then go through the process. Okay, Jesus, you are the Lamb. Uh -huh. I have sinned. Yes. I've come short of the glory of God. Yes. I accept your sacrifice yes. as my Savior. He said, Step one. See, most people leave step one thinking that's it. That's it. Step one, oh, I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior, therefore anything I do is right. That's all I got to do. He said, Oh, that's step one. Now it gets interesting. Now you got to say, now we got to go to the wall. You got to bury that old man and come up to be a new man. We see that in the sanctuary, don't we? 
Thank you for taking the time to tune us in today. We pray that you've been blessed by the word. If you would like more of these sermons, please check us out on our YouTube page, download our podcast, and like and share us on Facebook and Twitter. May God bless you today and forevermore.